0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Planet Tyro and the famous or not so famous Woody Allen retrospective right here.
1: Try the only retrospective. How about that?
0: The only audio YouTube Woody Allen retrospective. Simon is speaking the truth. That's a fact, guys. Welcome back. The man has already introduced himself. I'm going to introduce him again. I'm here with my buddy. The guy who's followed me through these 58 or so recordings is Simon Arsehole. Man of the Woods, Rad.
1: <laughs> yeah, that album does make me want to be a Man of the Woods, which is a first. Usually I keep my country background on the download, but that makes me proud. It is slightly related, considering this is technically also a Justin Timberlake movie on this episode. But yeah, I can't believe you dragged me through all these damn recordings. We're actually caught up. This is the most recent movie. 2017, this came out last year.
0: How does it feel? How do, how do you feel when you agreed to do this way back in 2016, now in 2018? How do you feel now? Do you regret coming on this journey with me? Do you regret it, Simon?
1: Well, let me give you a metaphor. Have you ever bought a car that turned out to be much shittier than you thought it was, and you were like, okay, I'm going to trade it up, and then five years later, you're still driving it?
0: You're talking about Woody Allen's filmography right now. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not i'm not insulted right now you're just talking about woody allen not me
1: (laughs) no no, no. i enjoyed the movies okay uh the the aspect of actually doing something in such a completionist fashion and seeing so many films you didn't really even know existed you didn't know woody allen did so many movies besides the ones everybody knows about because they're classics was really exciting man yeah and Oddly enough, you know when you watch these type of movies, you start to see parallels between the films and your life, and all sorts of crazy stuff. So it's been a crazy year. Yeah, I can't believe you made me do this. You dragged me through some 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 pretty shitty, ex- shitty movies, and the TV show really put the really put a hat on everything last week. But yeah, we've done it. We're here.
0: We're here. We're here. And uh, before we go on and get more mushy about this, guys. Even after we do this recording here, it's not over because there's a few other supplementary Woody Allen discussions we're going to have. Some people have asked to come on, do some separate videos. So the Woody Allen retrospective still continues in a different form. But guys, on the last discussion, we spoke about 2016. 20, this 2016 collaboration between Woody Allen and Amazon where they gave him some money to create a television series. It was 2016's Crisis in Six Scenes. If you're on YouTube, I'll put a link in the top right corner. So you can go back and listen to that description. If you're on listing on the podcast, I'll put a link down below. Funny enough, little update on that discussion. I actually found out that William Allen got a massive paycheck for the series, more than I think any other Amazon series at the time. And <laughs> people, yeah, I'll. you know what? I don't, I, I'm not making this up because apparently some of the other creators were so upset with the turnout Because, you know, (laughs) how the final product turned out and how much money was put into it and what the final product was that people were upset. And Woody Allen, again, felt guilty. He actually came out and felt very guilty about what he produced. So, guys, again, I know I was harsh on it. I know people hate me for it. I still think it's easily one of Woody Allen's worst, the worst, one of his worst creations for whatever reason. So let's just leave that behind. But, guys, moving forward, you've heard us say this over 50 times this retrospective are mostly spoiler discussions where we break down what we like, what we don't like, talk about the movie, give you synopsis, all the other stuff and we created a website called Woody Allen Retro. I've already said that like four times where you can find every single discussion. We created a separate website and I want to hear from you guys. This is a call to action. Now we're at the final recording. I want to hear from you guys what you liked, what you didn't like, the movies you agreed, disagreed. This is your chance to feed back to us. I don't ask all the time I kind of do but this time I definitely want to hear it stay tuned on our next discussion because we're doing a very special video next time but that is the last summary I'm going to give because Simon's going to describe the most recent completed Woody Allen movie and we're going to have a nice old spoiler discussion about it so Simon Rad usher us into the next
1: movie well there's not much suspense left considering we already mentioned who's in it and when it was made but just to reiterate this is up until this recording's date, the most recent Woody Allen theatrical release. It's last year's Wonder Wheel. Not Wonder Wall, like the Oasis song. I was about to start singing, you know. Today is going to be a day, yada, yada, yada. Nobody cares. That's the one thing that pisses me off about the UK. Everybody's still going on about, oi, mate, remember, blur Oasis. I'm like, no. Nobody cared outside of the UK even back then. And nowadays, people even don't even know about those bands. And stop pretending like, you know, the Gallagher brothers are like John Lennon. Not even close.
0: Whoa. <laughs> Yo, but... You're lucky most of our fans are Americans. They will agree with you. But, you know, if you see some Brits on the street, you might get attacked.
1: I know. It's like, oi, mate. Oi. Anyway, speaking of overrated songs, you know what does live up to the hype, What lives up to the non existing hype that it should have gotten? This movie, man, Wonder Wheel. Maybe it's too early to call, but I'm going to do it anyway. I think we're seeing a second, you know, winning face for Woody Allen in the second half of this decade. We were both surprised how good Cafe Society was for 2016, which is technically the movie that came before this. Yeah. And the TV show is really a sidestep. It's an experimental project. Definitely. And if you put that that to the side, Woody Allen is on a winning streak. Because, again, this movie, what I really want to start off with is not even the story, just the technical aspect of it. Mm -hmm. The first movie he shot digital was Cafe Society. And it worked beautifully. I think the freedom of editing and being able to apply you know the color correction the lighting really helps with Woody Allen's vision and his eye for cinematography that movie was beautiful one of the most beautiful digital films i've seen period and this one again is is very good looking i mean it was just a joy to look at they use a lot of cgi to recreate Coney Island the way it was and it works beautifully now the movie is basically set on Coney Island. For the, those of you who don't know, Coney Island is uh is the home of a world famous American, I guess Ferris wheel. What what shit? That's Ferris wheel, merry go round. Like um sure. you know what what what's the what's the term I'm looking for? Amusement park. Thank yeah. you. Old school, like you see in the old school comedy. We like to call adult... it a
0: fun fair in the UK, by the way.
1: Nobody gives a shit what you like to call it, and uh you know like in the old school comics it's an american thing like in the old school comics where the jokers are always hiding out throwing bombs at batman riding the roller coaster Sure. this is it that that's coney island back in the day and this is coming in if you can grab me the year because i don't want to get it wrong but this is coming in right at the end so basically after the peak of coney island where things are going downhill correct and it's not making the money it used to, and the crowd is not as high up as it used to. You have a lot of ex-soldiers, a lot of Navy guys, kind of the post-war syndrome, and uh, I think we're in the 1940s, 1950s. That's
0: about right, yeah. Don't need to be precise with this, because again, this is not one of the ones that Woody Allen wants to be precise, because there's a lot going on with the actual characters, so I think it's better to be a little bit vague and just get the overall time period.
1: Yeah, but it's really about the feeling, because... Mm -hmm. Woody Allen has mentioned this in interviews, and he made the joke in Annie Hall that were his character, which, again, is probably not based on himself. It just happens to be a coincidence that just like him who lived close to Coney Island in Annie Hall, his character as a kid lived under the roller coaster. Yeah. And again, this family, who's a centerpiece of this story, lives on Coney Island. So I think we're going to have a more intense discussion about the characters and what they do, so we don't need to get into that. But quick setup, sure. Justin Timberlake, again with his smooth voice, opens up the movie in narration, explaining that he's a romantic at heart who fancies to be a writer. He's currently a lifeguard on the beach next to Coney Island, uh, next to the big Ferris wheel, next to the amusement park. And he's having an affair with a married woman played by Cade Winslet, who's in her second marriage after a troubled first marriage that she kind of messed up by having an affair she stuck with her fucking uh son who's a, a pyromaniac yeah, yeah with james belushi yeah he's still around and he comes back strong with hey, this yeah, hey, hey, you're
0: not you're not his friend you call him jim belushi not james when his friends call him james you call him jim
1: okay so the bold fat guy who used to have a sitcom <laughs> he's, he's back But, man, he comes back strong. And that's my first gripe with the movie Overlooked. This is a really overlooked movie because he gives a great performance right off the gate. You can tell that this is a guy with a huge heart but with some serious issues. He had some alcohol problems. He's not allowed to drink. He's very feisty when he drinks. He basically punches everybody, including his wife, which is not okay. But at the same time, he seems to be very dependent on her. And their backstory is that they both had a absolute low point in their life. And they kind of found each other and helped each other get back on their feet. But things get upset when the daughter returns into Jim. Uh, Jim just for you Jim Belushi's life
0: yeah that's Juno Temple Juno Temple yeah
1: Juno Temple the wonderful Juno Temple who you can see in a lot of things I think she was in Maleficent yeah Dark Knight Rises she was Selena Kyle's like assistant mm-hmm. and, and a number of other things she's a great up-and-coming young actress who really I think in terms of her uh, acting and her appearance and just her overall I guess charm The time period and the costumes really suit her. She just looks like a painting in this movie, and she has the performance and voice to match it. She's a troubled youth, basically. Her dad was very strict and boring and introduced her to guys who were also, just like her dad, boring and colorless. So she ran away with this Italian dude who turned out to be a mobster, and now the mob wants to kill her because she was a snitch. What do you know? (laughs) You know... Kind of a hard turn. And as you can tell for the from the setup, things are gonna get complicated and life will get in the way of happiness. Mm. But will it be a comedy? Will it be a tragedy? That's always up to Woody Allen to decide. And somehow he always manages to do both. But I'll tell you right off the gate, mm-hmm. I thought he made this a very entertaining movie. With some brilliant acting, and I was very surprised how much I liked this. I'm not saying it; it's a timeless classic, but again, another strong movie from him that I really enjoyed. So, please tell me how. What did you think?
0: Uh Simon, Simon, Simon! Once again, you're so out of touch.
1: No, 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 no! That, come on. The movie stars Justin Timberlake. That's already like five stars <laughs> right there. You That's know what? Ninety like percent. No, on b- no, no, no,
0: no! Bullshitting. No, let me be op- open and honest. Let me. I do want to start off a positive and say, overall, I think this movie has got a, a lot of a bad rap because I was really ready to not start the movie. And I have to say, man, hearing Justin Timberlake was part of the movie wasn't a good selling point, especially in the Woody Allen production. Because Woody Allen and Justin Timberlake, you just don't think they gel. I know a lot of people, Woody Allen just they did not want to like this movie just because of Justin Timberlake. It's like... Not only is he not the greatest actor in previous movies, but he's a pop star, <laughs> pop stars in movies and in the serious movies. So, but again, I'll get into details in, in a minute. Overall, it works pretty well. And I found this to be a quite a riveting drama. This feels like a movie play, like Fences. Like it feels like it's adapted from a play because the, most of the conversations are focused in their house in Coney Island, to be honest, with you not, it's more open than fences. They actually, you see a lot of the boardwalk, you see a lot of Coney Island.
1: You're right. If if you paint the Ferris wheel and the fair as a painted background on a theatre uh, set, you know, yeah. on stage, yeah. you could totally get away with it.
0: I can say that in a lot of times, like fences and feel it's a limitation, but here, it doesn't hurt the movie at all and the performances completely drive the movie. Kate Winslet is one of my all-time favorite female actresses and she just destroys the movie in the and I'm saying in a positive way she is excellent she carries the movie she's got a lot going on she's basically well physically having these headaches she is a very layered character and I really like the way Woody wrote her for 90% of the movie Uh, jim,
1: jim belushi <laughs> Up until she 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 becomes mia Farrow at the end but we can talk about more later we'll
0: talk about that jim belushi is actually fantastic again he's more he if you see seen his past career is more like sometimes comedic and this time he's playing a fred flintstone character but with a lot of gravitas i thought he was fantastic what a great role for him do you know tempo do you know She's really Uh, good. Sounds
1: like a song. Sounds like a dubstep song. Juno Tempo. Juno Tempo.
0: tempo, tempo. tempo. But no, she's really good. I think she's... Unfortunately, I was expecting a lot more from her character, from the narrative, but she comes off as somewhat of a plot device, which was disappointing. Justin Timberlake. Let's focus on just for a minute. Now...
1: Save the best last, huh?
0: Yeah, people are coming out the gate saying, oh, he's completely miscast. He just sounds awful. Why did he cast him? Let me say this. Was Justin Timberlake miscast? In a certain way, I feel he was, but I like his energy in the movie because he's kind of an unconventional type. If Woody Allen cast his normal character, it would have been the Woody Allen type of a writer. I've seen that. We saw that in Christ in the 16s. He's done this multiple times. So I didn't mind that Justin Timberlake was kind of off in the role, but the energy he brought was different and I thought he's actually making this a different experience for me and as far as his acting goes, it's the best thing he's done. In the beginning, it kind of grated on me. I didn't think he was a good choice for the narrator at all because here's the thing, Justin Timberlake does have a smooth voice as a singer but as a talker, he sounds like a, a teenager. That's just how
1: he is, and a lot of singers. Well, well, his character is supposed to be young. I mean, that what does what he say? It's supposed no, no, to no, no, sound no, 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 like no. I'm just saying. No, 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 no. He's not putting Should on the he voice. Be like, I'm, I'm having no, an affair with a married woman. No, I'm, I'm, I'm
0: telling you, he just has that voice. He didn't put on a voice. He, the accent he put on, by the way, wasn't great anyway, but his voice is just not a great sounding speaking <laughs> voice. He's a great singer, but whenever he talks, it's just that, ah, I don't know. And most of the time, in most of his scenes, he just wasn't blinking. He was just had kind of a stare. And I was just like, maybe I'll-
1: That's because, that's because you're in the Cold War. You got to keep an eye out for communists. You want to keep an eye out for the Reds. You can't blink. That's your personal responsibility as a man, as an American. you got to watch yeah, in look, the every- corner of your eye. That's authentic, motherfucker. That's everyone's on a
0: higher level than Justin Timblick, But saying that he's not terrible. And as the movie goes on, he gets better. As the movie goes on, he actually goes into the role- unfortunately until the very last scene which he kind of bundles but i'll get to that in a moment so
1: we will we will talk about that
0: overall i think it's a good drama it's like a play movie to me and i to be honest with you i don't think this is going to have wide appeal because it's just more like a play and i don't think i just don't i don't think this compares to a lot of his other movies because it's just focused on the acting and drama it's just too much like a play I just think a certain type of crowd, not even Woody Allen fans alone, it just felt too much like a play that I enjoyed. And I thought the acting was good and the story was overall good. But I just I see I can see why the masses don't like it, because it just feels less like a movie and more like a play. And that's to me the biggest hindrance to the movie. Everything else is good, the story is good and all that other stuff. And it's pretty by the end of the movie, I have to say it's pretty depressing. It's pretty drab. And that's fine as well. And I was actually surprised because Coney Island is so uplifting, it's fun fair, lights, carnival. But it's a pretty, as the movie goes on, it only gets darker and darker and darker. These people are very unhappy. Except for Justin Timberlake, everyone's very, very, very unhappy. Kate Winslet and her husband are just very unhappy people, especially Kate Winslet. By the end, I was just like, I like it. It's a kind of a darker drama movie. I like it. But I think I would understand why people didn't like it more as a movie and not just because of... Justin Timberlake but the hate I see this movie getting I think it's a little bit unjustified I think it's a good movie overall I just nice pun ha. <laughs> I just think that I can see why this doesn't have massive appeal I prefer Cafe Society because I think that's more of a movie I think this is more of a actors film I think actors people who act like your lady for example she would appreciate this movie more people that are actors but as a movie I just felt it didn't it was more like fences
1: Yo, I'll say this: It's not for stupid people. They they should put that disclaimer on the movie because there's no running around, no chase scenes, no music montage, no dancing. You know, they don't dumb it down. Like this is hard on dialogue and hard on charm and yeah. subtext. Okay, like this is uh this is a uh, to a certain extent a thinking man's film, but it like you said, it really is about the performances in terms of Justin Timberlake. I liked it because he was different. I even like things like he couldn't... He had so much energy, he couldn't stay on his mark. Every other actor would just hit their mark and deliver their dialogue. And they just kept moving back and forth. But because the cinematography is so good, it just beautifully follows him and makes his character feel more natural and his performance feel more authentic. And like you said, the movie's like a play a lot of times. The different scenes... So, him kind of breaking it out of those conventional acting rules that theater actors would bring with them to a project like this was really welcome. And I think he, as the voice of the audience, and to a certain extent as the viewpoint, you know, the vessel for the audience, it's fine that he's, you know, fresh and he traveled the world and he's really different than the main cast who are all depressed and kind of lived on Coney Island because it helps you open up to these characters, yeah. and the way he learns about them, you learn about them. So I think that aspect of the movie works. Uh, like we said, it's beautiful. The way the recreative Coney Island with special effects is great. The way to go to Grinch Village and the different sites in New York, once sure. the, we get to the, the affair part and they have romantic kind of getaways. Again, that's awesome. Woody, again, shooting what he loves, you know, scenery and close to New York, related to New York in New York. Um, that always works well for him so I, I can't criticize that What I really want to get into is basically the story because
0: yeah <laughs> we do have to tackle the story because i was getting near the end i was getting more of interiors vibes a little bit especially the ending because
1: interiors really just I was because
0: getting- the, the love drama started to get a bit tangled and then what i didn't like the big spoil about the movie is that I thought Kate Winslet's character was flawed in a really realistic way. And I really liked, it. I thought she was really layered. But by the very yeah. end, Woody turned her into a straight villain. Especially her well, last that, that, monologue. That, that, that's the twist. Now, that's the last the monologue, it just felt forced. It, that's what really made it feel like a play. Before that, she was just like a normal human that made mistakes. But yeah. that, that last monologue she has with Justin, which they both... I blame Woody for the writing of that. Justin on his delivery really flopped it. He really messed it up because he's meant to come and confront her. And there's a scene where I really think I think Woody should have directed to actually attack her, not kill her per se, but strangle her or something. And there's a scene where. Oh
1: whoa, whoa, whoa let, let, yeah. let's get let, okay. let let's get into it. Okay, let's get into it because uh, I I I I agree with you in parts. So, like basically. The tragic element that comes into the fun, right? That comes into the uplifting scenes that they avoid the trouble with the mob. Everything seems to be going okay. And Kate Winslow's character's previous tragedy is that when she had the first affair and her husband disowned her and they got divorced and he's gone out of the picture and she's alone with the kid, she let that personal tragedy get the best of her. And she felt so sorry for herself that her life ended up getting derailed. Her acting career drowned. And that's how she got into the situation in this bad relationship, bad job as a waitress um at on Coney Island. And now we get a parallel character in Jim Belushi's daughter, who also made a mistake yeah. dating that mobster. It had its upsides with traveling and you know passionate love, but then you know, obviously being <laughs> having hitman sent on you kind of ruins any relationship for the most part. Now, she's at an all-time low point, but actually, she's getting back on her feet. She's going to night school. She's trying to put in the work, even though she's a terrible waitress. But she seems to be getting back on her feet. While for Kate Winslet's character, the only good thing in her life is Justin Timberlake. They're having a romantic fling. He likes the idea because he's a writer and it's exciting and he's a nice guy. He genuinely cares for her.
0: Yeah, he's not an arsehole, which I think is good writing. He could have just been there in the fair, the older woman and doing his thing, but no, it's written really maturely, which I appreciate.
1: But then, you can't help it, but, the daughter and Justice character start falling for each other. And he sure. doesn't want to go down that route. He even says, he talks to his friend like, it's not rational. I don't want to do it.
0: That's a good scene. I'm really glad Woody Woody wrote that scene, by the way. It made it a lot better.
1: And that supporting actor was very funny. I thought, you know, the the chubby dude who's yeah. like the friend who who's like a major in, in psychology. Yeah. Philosophy? I think it was philosophy. That guy was really funny. The way they had that scene in the the That's, cafe. that's a
0: classic Woody Allen. That's the scene I can see Woody Allen doing. It's like an Annie Hall scene. Where he's like, I should, but I shouldn't. I know mentally what's right, but I can't fight my heart. And it's so a I was like, Hey, that's a great scene. I'm glad they pull it in because it gives Justin's character more humanity. You know, he's not just some horny dickhead, you know, and I like that. And he was and he's honest with himself. He actually so I like the fact you get to see his thought process making that decision, which is which is good writing. I like that a lot.
1: Yeah. And we get to the climax, which is really Kate Winston's character showing the first signs of selfishness where she actually steals from her husband, Jim, Belushi's character, because she's feeling the pressure that, okay, this young guy I'm in love with might fancy this young girl.
0: I'm losing him. uh, I'm losing him. uh, Yeah.
1: uh, Yeah. So she buys him this really expensive watch. But at this point, he's like, I can't take it because I'm having second thoughts of this relationship and they break up and on the same day because it was justin's birthday that's a good scene by
0: the way on the boardwalk and actually that was the first scene that leaked or pictures online them on the boardwalk knowing yeah. that's the end of the movie so that was a, a very good scene
1: and beautifully shot great cinematography terrific lighting this movie had that's what i'm saying this movie should have been nominated for an oscar for the lighting alone and wardrobe
0: there's technicolor moments in this movie where kate wins in the house and the the colors just on her of the coney island fair and the it looks gorgeous. Woody Allen has never used Technicolor in that way before, and it just really highlights the uniqueness of this movie. Again, I didn't get the cinematography, cinematographer's name. I think he did do Captain Society as well. A world renowned cinematographer, by the way. I can't remember his name right now, but phenomenal. Phenomenal visuals.
1: Absolutely. And this is basically the turning point in the movie where I thought at that point, for a second, I, I didn't really, I was putting pieces together on maybe what the movie's really real inspiration is. But at that point, I thought this is another tragic woody female character, but she actually gets to be the hero Mm. because the mobsters come back. The idiot manager at the diner, of course, unknowingly tells them that the daughter went out with Justin to this pizzeria for his birthday. So the mobsters are heading over there and Quate Winslet knows because she sees them leaving the restaurant. So she's like, oh, damn, I got to warn her. I got to warn her. But the phone's not working in the restaurant. She rushes over to the pay phone, picks it up, calls the restaurant, and then just hangs up. She makes that match point, you know, turnaround and basically sentences the girl to death.
0: I don't have a problem with that, by the way. If that's what you think I have a problem with, that's... Oh, oh, really? No, no, I don't have a problem with that at all. That's the that's the train of where her character was going. That's believable. She's miserable through the whole movie. She's a fucking wreck. Justin's the only thing giving her reprieve, and I could see that was happening. It's not even predictable. It makes sense to me. That's not what I'm talking about.
1: <laughs> Jealousy is ugly, but I'll tell yeah. you this. Yeah, because Woody you know he's so tragic sometimes or so pessimistic yeah it really worked for this movie because with other directors you can either tell okay this is going down the dark route or this is gonna be happy like they will escape or she will fight her way out or it's gonna turn into a comedic scene it's gonna be a joke but with woody you never know sure can go either way
0: he's gonna go hard left or hard right it doesn't go middle he goes hard left or hard yeah. right <laughs>
1: I really felt tension here. I sure. was really worried because I like both the characters even though she was kind of... She didn't know anything, right? She, she just stumbled into this mess. And at that point, Justin's character comes clean and tells her everything. He knows everything about her at that point as well yeah. just yeah. from talking to her on the beach and hanging out. So they both reach this point of neutral understanding where they admit they have feelings for each other. He's in love with her. They know everything about each other's pasts, and they have this beautiful evening together, and she's like, I gotta think things over, and they part ways, and even though Justin said, look, I'm a lifeguard, my job is to save people, I want to save you too, he lets her go, and we never see her again. Can, Can I
0: ask you a question, to interject here? I know this isn't a murder movie per se, but I really wish Woody Allen showed the scene where she, quote unquote, gets killed, because... I think it would have driven home the intensity of that betrayal that decision a lot more. Now, I guess maybe he wants to leave it ambiguous. She just disappeared because in reality, you never know. She just got swept away. She just got spirited away. You know, she's dead. Pers- you know, she's gone. They were looking for yeah. her. But I just wish we saw that. I wish we just saw her getting gunned down. I know it sounds like I'm fucking evil, but I really wanted to drive home the point of the decision she made. And I just thought it would have made it even powerful. The fact that we didn't was kind of like... I, I know what he's doing just leaving it a little bit it, it doesn't really hurt the narrative per se I just think it would have made it even more stronger
1: yeah yeah I, I see what you mean he definitely chose to be extra elegant with it yeah at first it's good from the perspective of that it keeps you guessing because you're so hoping that she comes back, that she's fine. Maybe she escaped. Maybe something happened that we don't know about yet. Maybe there's a twist reveal where Kate Winslet's character gets cornered for what she did and she shows up, you know? So it keeps kind of that hope alive. So you really feel the desperation of all the characters the following day looking for her, not knowing yeah. what happened to her.
0: Yeah, Jim Belushi is really... When he comes in, that Justin is really distressed. And I have to say, I know we didn't speak about Jim Belushi a lot, but just the love for his daughter the way he's performing it through the whole movie i thought he was really really great really great
1: yeah and so i like that but at the same time with editing you can show the scene later when they discuss it so you don't have to show her getting killed right away you can just leave her disappear like it did they did it in the film but then later intercut that like cross-cut two scenes: one with characters discussing in real time, and one cutting back to when it actually happens. So you see,
0: you're even more fucking horrible than I am. That sounds, <laughs> no, that sounds horrible.
1: That's, <laughs> well, that's a more advanced filmmaking technique, but it's no, look at you, Simon.
0: That, that... Look at you. <laughs>
1: Well, I, I do have my, my own tricks up my sleeve. But, all right, buddy. But, you know, Woody doesn't do that. So that's fine. And, you know, we saw the documentary how he shoots things. He shoots the scene, then he goes to watch baseball or whatever else he's got <laughs> off the day, And then they figure it out in the editing room. So sure. he definitely won't do anything like that. Like he won't like construct it that far ahead unless it's a very special script that he had Like he had the scene in his mind for years and he knows what he wants to do. Kind of like a match point scenario. But even so, he's mostly linear when it comes to scenes like that. He switches up timelines and things in other type of films. So this was more a linear story. And we had more jumping back and forth in time when there was narration in the beginning from Justin's perspective, introducing and setting up everything. But then we get to the final part of the film where everybody confronts everyone in the apartment where they live on Coney Island and Jim Belushi's drinking again. He's destroyed his characters over and Katie Winston really comes out full throttle as, as the diva she is, the actress she is and yeah, what she commit, committed out of jealousy. That's, and what, that's what I when don't Justin like. that's Justin comes in. And, yeah. and okay. Tell me about it. Cause when she shows up, she steals the scene. It's her scene. So I like that. I agree. I thought it would have been a good opportunity for him to be more aggressive and show more raw emotion. He played it very subtle. Yeah. A lot of times going subtle is the right way to do it. Yeah. But for him, his character and his performance was subtle all the way through the movie. Yeah. So that was a good time to maybe push a bit harder. Yes. It was still good for, for him. I thought he still, he w- wasn't bad in the scene and it was all about Kate Winslet anyway. That was I
0: thought he was bad in the scene. I thought he was bad in that scene. In particular, that was his worst scene. It really, because there was a bit where he's like, I could just, he just, just touches yeah. it on the shoulder. And like, you're not even going to grab her by the neck at least. And it's just like, is Justin too scared to even do it? Because I just kept on thinking, maybe Justin himself doesn't want to do it. He's too nice of a guy to go that far. That was his moment to show people that he can go. And I think he should have. And Woody Allen, I can see him just saying, do what you think is right. Because that's what he does. You know, he just sits there like, you know what? Let's play out the scene. Kate Winslet, actually, the problem I have with Kate Winslet is she overacts a little bit to the point where she dresses up and she's got the smoker she, and she totally she, becomes... Two
1: personality comes out. Like no, she's that's, that's,
0: that's what I didn't like because I don't know. All through the movie, she seems like a very... She sees herself as a bad person. She's very regretful. But in that scene, Woody completely transformed her into a
1: villain. And I was like, I don't... That's when you realise that She's still an actress, and all that bullshit that she was spewing throughout the movie was an act. And don't get me wrong. Maybe. Uh, me, me and my girlfriend had a, a, a great discussion about it. She was saying, like, I can totally see where she's coming from. She's busting her ass, yet her husband has 100 times more love for his daughter than for her. Oh, yeah. Now the guy she's in love with, madly in love with, or at least is the object of her escapism. Yeah, yeah. Falls in love with the same girl. She doesn't even know what's going on. She doesn't know anything. She just stumbles up on it. And the girls
0: really kind of mess up her chance. And this was her chance. Don't get me wrong. I have nothing wrong with Kate Winsor's motivation. I just didn't have the execution on that scene, mostly with Justin. But it led to the conclusion of the whole movie. And I'll get to... After Justin leaves, there's another extra scene as well. The conclusion of the movie is fine. Although a bit dark. (laughs) Because where it really ends with... James Rishi coming in again and even him looking like he's going to attack her as well because he kind of blames her. He kind of figures it out. kind of. And them two have a powerful scene at the end. like The way Woody ends it with Kate Winslet looking at her, their life is fucked. They're miserable. They're back to square one. There's no advancement. They are just stuck. Their lives are back to shit. The end. A very powerful ending. Very drab ending. And I was just like, it's a bold choice Woody. Like in TV, sometimes life is just fucked. I like it. I just thought I can understand why people are going to walk away from this movie thinking I didn't like this, (laughs) but I like
1: the, I'm going to summarize. It's definitely not a happy ending. It's it's not a happy ending. I'll tell you that.
0: I'm just going to summarize again. I like just talking about the movie because again, it's like a play. There's a lot going on. It builds up. Things are happening. Characters are there. The actors are all good. It just doesn't feel like a, a, a Woody Allen original movie to me, a normal Woody Allen movie to me it just feels so much more like a play and again, few things, that but Justin Tim Lake does a lot better than I thought he would. I'm, hitting, I'm hating on him a lot but he did yeah. this a lot better than I thought he would. Props to him. Woody Allen really praised him after this. Like He did, and I think he did a good job and I think he did good by Justin's career although, we have to talk about some of the outside <laughs> things. I know, we'll, yeah, we'll
1: we'll, we'll get. To but that shortly, I'll let you finish. Far. I'll let you
0: because at the end of the day, I think I think it's a good it's a good movie. It doesn't have all the hate, but I do think it's kind of not for everybody. And even the Woody Allen diehards don't like the movie overall. I can kind of see why, but I don't think their I don't think the negative feelings for the movie come for the right reasons. I feel like mine's got more to do with certain script elements. And it'd be more of a play. Other people just look at Justin Timberlake and just feel like the movie's too depressing. I don't mind that. One of my favorite movies is a kind of a depressing movie, Another Woman. And like you said, I'll go back to the first things in the beginning and I'll pass over to you. In terms of quality, this is a quality with the Adam movie. This is a quality with the Adam movie. But then again, a lot of, most of his quality movies are just not open to general audiences. And I think this is a. I will not. Tell, it's a quality movie, quality script, really good idea. Cafe Society ended where the characters made all these mistakes and had all these regrets. This movie starts with characters having all these regrets for their lives. You know what I mean? And he took it and he just went further from there. And again, I think it's a really good movie on the whole. But I I can see why this didn't appeal to everyone and why critics are not big fans of it.
1: You know, I think people people. People got scared, man. I think they, this movie got shafted because of the controversies. Because he, here's the thing: like, I agree with you. That final scene, this character could have been more intense. You know, he 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 was he was very distressed. He figured it out that Kate Winslet's character, what she did. You know, you have this big twist with her where you fought for a second. Woody's gonna make her the hero, and she turns out to be the villain. But at the same time, the way the scene ends is Justin's character kind of having this redemption that he doesn't sink down to the level of everybody else. He walks sure. away from the situation. He just says, sure. and you can live with this. So live with it. You know, you, you carry this burden and basically once again you dug a hole for yourself and you managed to bury yourself underneath it. And I'm not gonna rescue you. I'm not gonna pull you out. I'm not that guy anymore. Because she acts during the entire scene. That's why she dresses up in this gown. Like this is Her winning him back. Yeah. And instead, he turns his back on her and walks away. So it still works. The scene still works. But I I agree with you. I would love to see if there's another take where he actually pushes himself a bit farther and gets more aggressive. Would be interesting. Mm. With that said, I think the the movie is really good. We'll we'll do our top 10 as the finale. But – Compared to if we just look at this decade and I have to condense the films down to decades now, mm. if we look at this decade, To Roman With Love, Magic in the Moonlight, Irrational Man, far above those films totally
0: midnight in paris was in this decade too
1: <laughs> no 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 uh midnight in paris blue jasmine are like the two oh you're stand-ups. putting that to the
0: side you're putting that to the side fair enough yeah yeah because we said
1: he gets at least two... oh yeah
0: okay you're, you're using the mediocre movies i'll get you okay you.
1: yeah you, you get at least two gems at least two gems with woody allen in every decade sure so you we already got those two out of the way early yeah, yeah. see if we get a third one is this another gem I would put it on the same level as Cafe Society, where it doesn't have to be. I think mm-hmm. it would hurt the movie if we try too hard to be this like big epic drama or this humongous love story. The fact that it's uh, it just focuses on the characters and, like you said, it's an intense play with some great acting, yeah. quality writing, quality visuals. Like, it's just a quality experience. It's like a really nice meal. Okay, it might not be a five star sushi, uh, you know, once-in-a-lifetime, you know, special meal, but it's a great meal. And I enjoyed it, but here's the twist, and here's what I wanted to ask you, Mm because we always speak about this, how Woody Allen has this amazing imagination, and he he always seems to come up with characters that are completely different from him. Like, this guy never draws from his own life. Every other writer draws from his personal experiences, but Woody Allen always goes left field, right? We never saw a movie where... The p- people he played even matched his personality. I mean, r- really, we, we, that never happens. And even in this movie, Justin's character—I think is that people
0: are getting sick of us doing this, you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but if you think about it, even in this movie, it's Justin's obvious, Simon.
0: I was trying, I was trying not to do. No,
1: I am, go- I am <laughs> going there right now. His character is a writer that falls in love uh... with with the stepdaughter. Of the woman he's dating at the time, who already has an illegitimate son, potentially from a different father, who, uh. ju- who not only has issues, but just wants to see the world burn and likes to destroy stuff. I mean, that's not heavy handed. That <laughs> this is basically the Mia Farrow story. That's what they should call this movie, because at it- the end, where she becomes so sinister and you realize that she's a- basically a-, a liar, like a pragmatic liar. And probably unstable mentally, I'm like, oh damn! Now I see it. This some is the, some, the- critics,
0: Carol. some critics, some critics pointing that out black and white.ly I didn't really want to bring it up because we touch on the, the the Woody Allen character, but you bringing the Farrell into it, which I did think about as well. But I'm like, with all the controversy, I don't even want to bring that shit up because, again, even if we come out of this movie and talk about real life, Justin Timberlake, your boy, got some tweets.
1: <laughs> he got some tweets. He's still, he's still suffering about like, his
0: participation he- in this movie. When he just tried to, win. what did he tweet again? Uh, hey, what do I decide between this and that? And then uh, Dinan Farah came out and said, you need to decide not to be a sexist, to work with a sexual molestation. I was like, Jesus. But anyway.
1: I know he made a joke about eat your cake and have it too. And she was like, well, you know, let me give you a metaphor. It's like, I try (laughs) to be, I try to stand up for feminism, but still work with a sex offender. It's yeah like,
0: you got it for bait him that's pretty much what she said yeah
1: yeah because i saw the tweet legit like i wasn't looking for it i was just on twitter i was like oh justin's tweeting and i was like who's this bitch talking some mad shit and i didn't recognize her and that's when i'm like she got a lot of likes on this oh oh it's you <laughs> again here and everywhere boycotting other people And by the way, I love it how she says, you got to choose between being a feminist and supporting a sex offender. I'm like, doesn't your whole family support, what's that, Roman Polanski? Yeah. Isn't he like a convicted rapist? While Woody Allen was found innocent.
0: One of her brothers is also... Uh, could be. It's, oh, one of Mia Farrell's uh, brothers is also in prison, right? For rape or something?
1: Yeah, is it? Are you talking about your uncle? And let's not get into it, but you talk about one guy where literally all the other eyewitnesses came out and said, You know what? I was pushed into this. I was told what to say. It's all BS. And Dylan Farrell's own brother, who's a family psychiatrist, that I always quote, said, Memories were planted in our heads. We were manipulated. I believe he's innocent. Don't listen to these people. And when I saw that little fucked-up kid with setting things on fire, I just thought, Roland Farrell, that's That's how it started, just wanting to destroy things, destroy careers, destroy people. Don't get me wrong, the Harvey Weinstein thing, you know, happy accident. I'm glad that pig got messed up. But this whole boycott thing, I think it really hurt this movie's perception. Because to me, that kind of real-life twist where I could see where Woody got the— influence from and what kind of painting he was painting with yeah. this film that made the movie even better for me i'm like damn now nah, it makes sense so the far-fetched arc that uh, you said you know was too theatric for for the the villain to me i was like now nah, it makes sense i could i actually appreciate how it was set up because of the character's past how dark this character could potentially be and how selfish she could be. Yeah. He made you forget that and feel sorry for her by mm-hmm. focusing on how real her pain is and her jealousy and her situation as a woman in that era, in that desperate situation, but then still brought it back where you're like, damn. Yeah. You you are you are evil. You are genuinely evil.
0: Yeah, yeah. And lastly should should bring this up. The one thing I don't know if Woody Woody kinda had her son doing that pyro thing on the side. I thought we would come back to that and figure out. I know he. There was a scene where his uh, where Kate Winslet took him to therapy, and then he was like, "You're the one actually saying that. You know, you fucked up our family. You feel guilty for my dad and all that sort of stuff." And I thought we would actually get to the revelation of the boy's psych-, psych psychosis of why he was setting those fires. I mean, we can figure it out. He's fucked up. He's been dragged around, he doesn't like his life, he's bored, he's angry, that's the other. But they kept on going back to that again and again and again. You know
1: what would have been a great twist? What's that? That he's secretly Frank Sinatra's brother. (laughs) 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 That Frank Sinatra's father, fuck Kate Winslet's character, and they're related to Frank Sinatra. That that would have been like the ultimate kind of fucking this. Like, you know, he's a Sinatra. That's the problem well not a problem I I like Frank Sinatra I just have a thing a few issues with his son All
0: alright his son's
1: integrity of setting fires that he can't control burning innocent people in the process
0: (laughs) Simon's bringing up all the metaphors in the movie in real life guys let's wrap this one up look as I always say going to the critical scores if you jump on Rotten Tomatoes and look at the scores and IMDB again I'm surprised 31% Rotten I mean, I'm going to read the critic's synopsis. Wonder Wheel gathers a charming cast and in an inviting period setting, but they aren't enough to consistently breathe life into a Woody Allen project that never quite comes together. I don't agree with that. Audience scores 46% on uh, IMDb. Again, it's a very middling movie and people, I don't know, man. I, I do understand the overall down feeling you get from the movie. But I think it's a great actor's piece. I think it's a great character piece. And, uh, yeah, you know, it is what it is, you know? So, uh, anything else to say, Simon, before we put the the wrapping up on our final Woody Allen movie for the foreseeable future?
1: Well, I'm looking forward to the next one, uh, Rainy Day in New York, because I think he's on a good streak, despite, I don't know, what people are smoking. I think people are just getting dumber every year.
0: Yeah, well, unfortunately with that movie it's got a plot element where an older man's having an affair with a younger woman which people are already jumping on about him we'll see how he executes it in the again, movie
1: where does he get these ideas from I think he just <laughs> he just he just watches a lot of soap operas because that's not like like he's not famous for having affairs he's famous for being a more of a conservative guy right or am I mixing him up with somebody uh,
0: the ultimate remixer, <laughs> Woody is the ultimate remixer of his own content and most of the time we love him <laughs> for it but nah man uh like I said in the beginning, this has been a longer review just because it was a little bit more in depth for this one. But I've really—it it,
1: was—it was worth it, man. Because yeah. I recommend the movie, and that's my final thought. So sure. over to you.
0: Sure. Yeah, I, I overall kind of recommend it more for the Woody Allen fans. It's a movie I don't—I couldn't recommend—I couldn't recommend, I couldn't recommend it to everyone. You know, I would recommend it the same way I'd recommend Fences. I really put them on the kind of an equal footing. I think they share the same pluses and flaws, This is Denzel Washington's fences. I've said it a few times just in case you guys don't know what I'm talking about. But anyway, let's wrap this up. Guys, I've enjoyed the retrospective. This isn't the end of our project here. Woody Allen, I said this to you, Simon, off mic last week, off mic, and Simon doesn't like it when I say this, but I'm going to pull it on record because I am glad Woody Allen is still alive while we're doing this retrospective because I was fearing he's an old man. He's in good health. We've seen him in interviews and all that stuff. He's in good shape and I Definitely want him to pass, just like Floyd Mayweather, that 50 number. (laughs) I want him to pass that 50 number, get that 50 films under his belt, be uncontested, unsurpassed before he passes away. It looks like he's nearly there. I think he's on the 58th, 59th movie. And uh, yeah, I I wanted to do this retrospective while he's still alive so we can still talk about him, still look at his body of work. And at this point in time, again, we're recording this in, let's say, March 2018. And he's still alive, still kicking, still writing, still producing. The controversy is real. It seems to have kind of died down right now. But, again, I'm more fearful of what people will say once the next movie's in Sundance and how Dylan and Mia is going to jump on him because, again, the um, Me Too movement is still out there and they're always looking for a villain and Woody Allen's public enemy number three in that, in that hit list right now. So... <laughs> We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. But, guys, I want to say thank you for listening. And as always, I always have to thank Simon for taking his time watching the movies weekly. I know most of you guys think it's enjoyable. To a certain point, it is. But we got lives. It's been fun. But, like I said, man, well, actually, Simon, first of all, thank you for joining me on this journey. I really appreciate you, brother, even though you're a fucking arsehole. I've appreciated you joining me and watching these movies and giving your thoughts. Because, guys, I think you can agree. This is a very knowledgeable and forthright guy. He's got a lot of interesting perspectives. And I'm black, he's white. I'm British, he's American and something else. And it's just good to, <laughs> it's just good to hear different perspectives on discussions on all these media things. You don't want to hear fucking two man saying, oh, I love William, I love William too, he's the best, he's great. Da-da-da-da. Guys, that would be fucking boring. That's why I think you like this project in particular, because we're different. You want these critical darlings that love Woody Allen and just work for all these snotty journalistic newspapers that are proper artists and proper critiques and tell you how marvellous Woody Allen is? Fuck all that. You know what you're getting here. You're getting two blokes, two normal dudes just talking about the movies and Simon Redd, I thank you for joining me on this journey, doing these discussions.
1: No, oh, you're welcome. Even though you know, i still waiting for that paycheck of you know two dollars that I'm gonna get for this. So let me know when the ad revenue comes in from the podcast. One hundred percent. A
0: burger is on the way. A token, some kind of food token.
1: Oh, oh damn! A burger. Now we're getting upgrades, man. You know, I might, I may do a bonus episode just for that.
0: I'm gonna put it on like hey. you know. I tell you what, as a thank you to Simon, I'm gonna get you. Any one Woody Allen movie on Blu ray, I'm gonna get that for you. You gotta tell me which one you want, and I'm gonna get you on Blu ray. I know you're probably gonna say Manhattan, that's predictable. You gotta because all these no, movies, no, I think, on Blu ray right now.
1: Can you get one for yourself? But I can tell you how many times you have to watch it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Go on, what is it? Uh,
1: uh, Crisis in Six Scenes or Six, yeah, Crisis and Six Scenes. I want you to watch an episode per day for like the next year every day
0: well it's funny you should say that because we live in a digital age now and amazon don't see the need to even print it out in physical so no i don't (laughs) i don't think you can even buy this and you know if you want to buy me an amazon uh, membership that's fine because i could watch it that way so i benefit from that so simon get me the membership and i promise you wink wink that i will watch it every single fucking day Guys, this is a long-ass one. I think that's basically it. Again, stay tuned for our... We're going to do a best of, worst of, underrated. Me, Simon, we're going to have that debate. We're going to argue about it. And then eventually, on the channel, we're just going to have a straight top 10 Woody Allen movies that we think are the best 10 Woody Allen movies. Because you know what the internet likes?
1: Top 10 movies. lists. Well, even though top 10 lists are bullshit, because you can say... My top 10 list, but that's specific to you, it's not an actual valid list of overall, you know, critical value. Back in the day, top 10 lists were based on actual facts, like you could categorize things based on gross, based on critical success, awards, you know, how well it aged, uh, how many people still buy it, is it a cold hit, how well does it do on home videos, etc. But these top 10 lists on YouTube, they're all garbage, so let's just call it our personal rankings considering we literally watched everything so we're gonna we're gonna
0: do both Simon we're gonna do both it's all about the hits motherfucker it's all about the hits and marketing so Simon thank you for your goddamn advice but we'll do what the hell we want here on Planet Tyrell you're just a passenger along for the ride guys don't forget to subscribe to the channel on YouTube you can also subscribe on the podcast Links will be in the description don't forget even though this is our last discussion you can go back and watch all the other discussions because we have spoken about I can officially say up to this point, March 2018, every single Woody Allen movie, TV special, television series, the whole thing's in the back catalogue. And if we've missed something, feel free to let us know, send us a message, and we can continue this train, this painful train, this fun train, whatever you want to call it. But on that note, guys, we'll see you on the next discussion, which will be soon, because we've got to do our best worst off. Thank you, Simon. Thank you, listeners. We'll see you on the next recording right here on the Woody Allen retrospective.
1: Yeah, my wonder wheel. They should have had Justin singing that.